Hello everyone, welcome to episode 811 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. This year we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Waves 8 Festival running Thursday, September 19th through Sunday the 22nd at Metro and Smart Bar in Chicago. This year's performers include Papo Eat Itself, Nitzer Ed, Howjob, Filter, Chemlab, Severed Heads, Pig, and many, many more. Head to coldwaves.net for the full lineup and ticket links. This week we're chatting with Thursday Smart Bar DJ and Friday Metro performer Shannon Funches. This is Light Asylum.
the beginning, <laughs> there was life in the Baptist church, I guess, very reluctantly, because church is boring and no kid wants to go to church on Sunday when they could be out playing with their friends on the weekend, you know, uh, before they have to go to boring school. Once I figured out that the choir was not so bad at church, then that was, you know, my motivation for going um, was the music and the what made it bearable. And then in high, or sorry, rather in like junior high and high school, that interest was, you know, still there. I pursued basically music however I could free. But when I was much, much younger, like around the age of five, I had piano lessons for, I don't even think it was like a full year. Um, maybe it was, but I have a bad memory, so I don't remember exactly how long it was. I just remember loving the fact that I had piano lessons with a neighbor um, in Naples, Italy, where uh, we, my father was stationed at the time and where, where my family was living. But that didn't last for very long. Really wish that my folks had been able to afford to keep up with it, but they couldn't. And then when we moved back to the States, it was the church choir. Then it was a junior high, like vocal, like chorus or choir or, you know. And then in high school, it was more choir and women's jazz vocal ensemble started my first punk band or whatever you know mm -hmm. and went from there till here we are today yeah right now you're in germany you were previously in greece and before that you were in brooklyn where, where? <laughs> i feel like you live a, a very adventurous life so so where is your home base and and tell me about all, all the traveling that that you've been able to do as part of your career well, I'm currently in Berlin for the summer, which is something I've been doing since 2007. I moved from Seattle, Washington in 2001. September 14th, I arrived in New York City, and I moved to Portland, Oregon, so back to the Northwest, December of 2015. So I've been in Portland, based in Portland, Oregon, since like late 2016 so that's like three three and a half years for me it was like an escape from new york summers which i hate because it's so dreadfully hot yeah. but seriously with climate and global warming it's madness like i can't believe how hot it was in athens this week so i'm here to just basically tour you know, it's Europe, so there's a lot more opportunities for that. You know, uh, it takes like two and a half hours to, you know, get to get from like Berlin to, or it's like two hours and 50 minutes from Berlin to Athens. I mean, you're in a whole different country very quickly. So it's a great opportunity to like spread the music to different cultures really in a summer, you know, mm -hmm. like it's easy, I guess, almost. It's not easy, obviously. Like, I don't know anybody who loves flying. I don't love flying, but it's it's. I'm traveling around and playing solo, so it's easy. As in, it's very accessible to me to 
book a show and travel to that show, said show and perform with, you know, not so much hassle as like having to bring like a whole band. In the early days, I started bands, they were usually two pieces. And so I really like a duo, you know, like Suicide or Daff or think of a cool band and that was a two piece and there you have it. Um, it's just easier to travel that way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Europe is great for that. I don't see the point in kind of doing this in the summer in in America. Like it's actually not that easy. You have to drive like long distances. You can't really. There's no like um, EasyJet, Ryanair, like budget airplanes that make it possible really to do this as it is in in Europe. So that's where the adventure someness comes from and it's just i mean i think it's typical most bands are on tour in the summer so but i have been like doing some one-offs i guess here and there as a result of basically just wanting to play the older light asylum material before presenting like new material like basically giving people a chance to see this because it took like a hiatus of like nearly five years not playing live and people have been like playing dark allies non-stop since the day it came out it's insane like all over the world and i'm so grateful for that and it's like the least i could do is like make sure that anybody who didn't like hear about the band when the band released it material in 2011 and 12 then they have the opportunity to see me perform this music before I just bury it (laughs) with new music. You hit upon my next question, and I'm sure you get this from everyone all the time, but how how much progress have you made towards the new material as far as uh, putting something out? The progress has started. I think there's two records in in the pipeline. So I think a lot. I think there's been a lot of progress over the last few years, but it's taken a while to, like, figure out how to like get over the sophomore psychology you know the jitters that come with like the sophomore record sort of jinx thing and just getting back to the music and not thinking about it too much there's also been many like hurdles and obstacles i've had to deal with as a result of this being like the shadiest business you know with the label that the relationship only lasted a year before it went south and it went south before then they talked a good game but in the end it wasn't the the support and stuff that we were promised um so i basically just was i've been hustling i haven't had time to really be a creative up until the you know i moved to um, portland oregon which was part of the process of getting back to the music is like leaving New York, which I found that was changing so much, it was unrecognizable and it really wasn't inspiring anymore. It was changing in such a way that it was like, it felt like uh, the city was being overrun with vacant, selfie taking, Instagram influencers. Influencers, yes. That, that's like you a poison know, word and Yeah. It was disheartening, so I left. I love visiting friends, but it's more coming through for business like on the way to Europe which is how I saw people treating New York and I didn't like it and it's funny that now that's basically the case 
the only way I can afford to go to New York at this point is on my way to play a show in New York or in Europe mm -hmm. because it's that expensive or too expensive rather. It's yeah, there was a lot of ways. shit to deal with, like from the label to the disgruntled bandmate who decided they didn't like touring three months after the record came out. I was like, what is that about? And basically just getting like sucked dry by lawyers, nickeling and diming me to send an email to the label because the label hasn't been like reporting statements or anything. So I'm it was I was very like exhausted from having to take on all the responsibility of a label contract that a person that I invited into my project and thought that they were a friend and I let them hold my baby and they fucking dropped it. And I had to like pick that baby up and keep running, you know, out of like literal legal obligation, having signed in blood for a licensing deal for 10 years to promote this record that had just come out. And so I had to find like a, a you know, a keyboardist, a touring keyboardist to replace the musician and yeah, keep going. And that just took a lot out of me.
by the time that I had fulfilled both my and Bruno Coviello's obligation to the label to tour and promote the record, um, which came out in May 1st of 2012, the, the debut uh, title, a self-titled LP. By the time I had finished doing that, it was perfectly timed that um, The Knife asked me to join their project. I had basically written a song with them for um, their last album, Shaking the Habitual, in like 2012 while on tour. I flew myself to Berlin to go into the studio with Karin and Olaf, Olaf from The Knife. That was amazing. I never imagined that they were going to ask me to like be a part of the project. So it was pretty incredible. Like a year later, in 2013, they asked me if I wanted to join the project. And we performed at Coachella and the two weekends in 2014. And they also filmed the performances at Terminal 5, which was, I think, sold out for two nights. And they put that up online, like on YouTube for free as a show. And it was a very elaborate 90 minute, like vigorous dance performance art, basically, where people are playing different instruments that they had custom made, singing, dancers were singing that are normally not singers. And Karin and Olaf and I are not trained dancers, but I have done some like modern dance stuff in the past, but only with people such as them that are like open-minded and like into like you know bending into performative art and like into like kind of bending the rules about who's a dancer and who's a singer and who's a musician and what's the audience and where's the line between the audience and the performer and how to blur it but anyway that came at a perfect time because i was done like i'd fulfilled my obligation to the label so after touring in europe and the U.S. for the final Knife tour, which ended at Iceland Airwaves in 2015, with a performance there. It was amazing. It was such an incredible experience. I'm so grateful to know them and to basically call them friends. Then that ended up leading right in in 2015 to working with Nicola and Adam of Adult and uh, the Detroit Houseguest residency, they got a grant from the Knight Foundation and invited like six artists that they wanted to work with to their house for one to two weeks and write one to two songs with them. It's very collaborative experience and it's like great, like basically waking up with Adam and Nicola, sharing meals, making like cucumber ginger juice in the morning getting your fluids eating really healthy eating out of their garden and and we wrote two songs and we jammed a whole bunch but the the end product was uh two tracks it was really um you know a very interesting uh process to be invited to someone's home and their home is really beautiful their studio space basically used to be like a garage that they would shoot like Chrysler cars in for like photograph cars in. And so they just got really lucky <laughs> this place that they found. And yeah, so it was nice to like be in the setting. I'd not ever spent any time in Detroit at all. But, you know, as we know, it's like a music capital and 
yeah, it was great to be making music there uh, with Adam and Nicola. And again, like made some, like two more friends for life, you know? You also work with TV on the radio? I did. Early, early days before they were the epic giants that they are now. And before we lost Gerard Smith um, to cancer, which is ridiculous because he was only like 33 or something. Yeah. And he and I had a um, a project called, um, which I named A Rose Parade, after an Elliott Smith song, actually. Portland is the Rose City. It was a, a, a bit electronic and a bit, like, kind of neo-folk. And we recorded, like, a, a short album, but we never put it out. I uh, would love to, like, release this someday, but that's also something I was doing at the time of writing the EP and the album for Elite Asylum. So I stay busy. I also have a side project called Healing Crisis that I wanted to share with the world. Uh, but the only performances I've done for that have been like mostly in the art world. And it started out as like kind of an experimental like noise project. People are getting like, like Hero Cone and stuff like this are getting like a lot of praise for it now but in 2000 and i know there were noise projects before but i mean it was a little over people's heads i think in 2014 or 15 you know Mm -hmm. but now it's like a thing and modular sense are like off the charts and people are doing this sort of atonal and doing you know the atonal festival and on sound like festival in the czech republic public uh these things are quite popular now but i haven't had very much luck like booking you know shows for um healing crisis people just want to hear light asylum so i'm like okay i guess i need to like really make this light of asylum thing uh you know a priority and 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 then maybe people will be open to hearing healing crisis yes that was all i had for you did i miss anything was there anything else you wanted to go over or mention that only just that I'm really excited to put out new music. I'm hoping that that can happen um, early, latest. I would like to release like a single over the winter, fall of 2019, and another in the spring, and hopefully by summer, like for sure of 2020, have like a full album out and be touring like the world again. Um, on major festival circuits in Europe and in the U.S., that is that is my dream. If I if I you know if the world sees fit um, and I could find a team um, because I've been doing this DIY for far too long now with no management, no tour manager, no front of house, no monitor persons no you know no assistance like i'm running all my socials i'm doing everything i'm you know on my own from for and uh, and not a great job at it <laughs> you know considering i haven't put out a record in six years yeah uh, it's it's a it's a lot to take on so i'm hoping that i if anybody's out there listening and you're a manager or even a business manager manager or i need everybody you know like i need all the help i can get but be legit if you step to me because 
I'm I'm on a mission, and I'm hoping to put out some music that will make people want to dance this mess around or give them inspiration to fight all the demons we're facing in the world and within ourselves um, at this time in reality.
On this episode, you heard Dark Allies, A Certain Person, and the Shannon Funchess remix of Adults' We Chase the Sound. Light Asylum can be found at facebook.com slash lightasylum. Our opening music is Madmaker by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Jason Novak from Acumen and Eric Powell from 16 Volt. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Dan Simzak sharing another Jamie story. So the zombie drinking game apparently got its start somewhere on, I believe it was an Acumen's work. Jamie had this idea that every time Rob Zombie said, yeah, you have to take a drink. And he realized pretty quickly that you can't drink hard alcohol because you would die. So he would come in and we would play a zombie song and we'd do the zombie drinking game. It became that we would play Feed the Gods because there are 37 Yaz and Feed the Gods. And you would get three or four cheap beers and do shots of beer. One night on a slow February, Jamie and I decided that we were going to do the entire Astro Creep cover to cover. The greatest moments was when we would have a full bar of people, all with cheap beers in front of them, all drinking every time Rob Zombie would say yes. He'd say yeah. And Jamie would sit there as the director. Like when it would be a yeah, he would throw his hand up. Yeah. If it was like uh, another noise, he would, you know, be going, nope, nope, not that. <laughs> he would be directing traffic. <laughs>